and welcome to islampodcast.com my name is sajid and i will be your host today as we try and understand uh, many of the contemporary issues happening in our society from an islamic perspective today we're going to be talking about the hottest topic on people's minds and in the news in just a few days the us house of representatives is expected to vote on articles of impeachment it will be the fourth time in a nation with a very short history where the head of the state is being impeached as was the case with johnson and nixon and clinton this nation is again calling into question the integrity of the presidency as well as the abuse of the position. Joining me today is Dr. Abdul Rafi, is a physician and political activist in the Chicago community. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Rafi. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And jazakallah khair for inviting me today. Inshallah, let's begin by first asking as Muslims, do we even have the right to question the suitability or what makes a good ruler given the terrible track record of the oppressive Muslim rulers around the world. Um, to address your question, I think there is a inherent um, axiomatic assumption in the question itself. Uh, the assumption being that the Western governments or the Western rulers are the standard bearers of good governance or how uh, and what a ruler should look like. And that assumption uh, presumes that the critique of Western governments, whether they're American government or uh, uh, European governments or its leaders, is uh, beyond the writ of the Muslims because they are ruled by uh, or they're inundated by incompetent rulers. Um, and unfortunately, that, that is not the case. If we look at just the recent history of Western leaders, whether it be Trump or Boris Johnson, uh, George Bush, the, the son, or even Silvio Berlusconi from Italy, you know, these are examples of uh, truly incompetent rulers um, and where the system has allowed them to take power. Um, and then we see their actions and, and uh, their effects on society in general. So... You know, to address the issue of the Muslim rulers, you know, whether these rulers are, are at the helm of a monarchical system or a dictatorial system or even some sort, of, uh, some sort of version of a democratic system, these rulers in, are, are despised by the masses, right? They're not, they're not loved by the masses for the most part. Um, and these rulers have been appointed or imposed upon us by Western powers who continue to maintain their colonial tentacles in our affairs. So uh, these rulers are not an example, not a true example of what leadership looks like uh, from an Islamic perspective, nor are they representative of the Muslims themselves. Now, granted, you do make a valid point that the rulers in either the West or the Muslim world are indeed unsuitable and corrupt. But haven't we seen exceptions in rulers like Imran Khan, the, pres the Prime Minister of Pakistan, or Ergadan, the President of Turkey? In fact, Imran Khan gave a very impassioned speech recently at the UN covering Islamophobia, and Ergadan spoke about the plight of the Syrian refugees. I think we need to look beyond uh, these token speeches or, or sloganeering. You know, we as Muslims cannot be so politically naive and be fooled by these, charism uh, by these charismatic speeches or the charismatic nature of individuals like uh, Imran Khan or, or Erdogan. Uh, what we need to do is look at 
the actual policies that are being implemented. And and if, we, if I can just give you a couple examples, uh, if we just look at Erdogan, you know, when Idlib was being heavily bombarded, there was an outcry from the Muslim Ummah uh, and within Syria as well as within Turkey for uh, Erdogan to send in uh, troops or send in reinforcements, whatever he can do to help alleviate uh, the circumstances that the people were in Idlib were going through. And what does Erdogan do? Nothing, really. Um, you know, and now what we see is that he makes a deal with Trump. And next thing you know, the borders, uh, the southern border of Turkey opens up really quickly. They go into northern Syria and take over certain piece of land within a few days. You know, so the capability is there, but the political will to actually conduct proper uh, 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 liberation of the Muslims is not there. Uh, similarly, you know, Erdogan, you know, he continues to have, uh, Turkey in general continues to have um, uh, uh, relations, diplomatic, as well as uh, uh, trade with Israel, right? So this kind of shows you that these speeches really don't mean much because the policies are quite different. Similarly with, with Imran Khan, he is the head of uh, the fifth largest army in the world, and right underneath his nose, uh, India completely occupies Kashmir and puts it under a lockdown. And all he could muster is send out fancy tweets and Facebook posts uh, to uh, to really not have absolutely uh, to really not have an effect. Right? These Facebook posts and these Twitter uh, Twitter messages are not going to solve the conflict. What is needed? is for Pakistan to send in the army to liberate Kashmir. And obviously he doesn't do that, right? So this is nothing new. We have seen multiple leaders um, like Gamal Abdul Nasser or Zia al and so forth that have uh, played with the sentiments of the Muslims. They have used Islamic sloganeering to rally the Muslims. However, they continue to further the uh, the strategies and the policies of Western nations, whether it be United States or Britain and so on, right? In, in, in fact, all of the Muslim rulers, they are nothing but secular nationalists, or in some cases, they are puppets of Western go uh, governments. Um, and they are not looking at Islam from a, uh, from a certain political viewpoint that can actually liberate their countries, actually liberate the Muslims, and, and be a source of honor for the Ummah, right? Uh, and, and the examples that we need to really look for is the examples that have been set by the Sahaba, Ridwan alayhim, and, and the people who came after him, after them, right? Uh, the example, for example, Abu Bakr, radiallahu and and you know, how he dealt with the Ridda wars uh, right after the death of Rasul or how Abu Bakr uh, uh, sent in uh, the army of Osama to go and conquer uh, the Romans. Uh, or even take the example of Muhammad bin Qasim, who was sent to liberate Sindh and then further expand the Muslim uh, regions. Uh, just because a Muslim was abused by a Hindu Raja 
uh, at that time. So our examples are are from the seerah of Rasulullah from the examples of the Sahaba that actually show us what true leadership is like. Now you make the valid point that Muslim rulers are not looking at solutions from an Islamic viewpoint. So it goes back to the question then, what are the qualities and conditions to be a ruler in Islam? And quite frankly, why are these qualities and conditions not well known by the Ummah? You know, I'll address the second part of the question first. Uh, the issue of why uh, the qualities or conditions of a ruler are not well known. Um, in, in simple terms, this is because we as Muslims have not been taught to look at Islam from a political perspective, uh, meaning that uh, we don't know uh, or we don't grow up learning that Islam uh, has a ruling system or has a, a uh, has uh, talks about politics or talks about how an economy runs and so forth. Typically, this idea that Islam um, contains issues related to politics is not either well understood or is not taught to us from that perspective. Uh, usually, we typically learn about ibadat and and certain muamalat and you know and talking about the five pillars. However, this whole part of Islam where it actually addresses human beings about what a uh, political leadership should look like, what a ruler should look like, uh, what is uh, good governance, and so on, is not paid that much attention. So that's why we are sometimes unaware. And what we do is we look at Western uh, secular liberalism uh, for these answers. And the examples we take is the examples of Western leaders, uh, whether you uh, we are taught examples of Nixon or taught examples of Winston Churchill and, and so on. But unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, our extensive history um, about the the ruling system of Islam, um, about our rulers uh, and how they they took care of the affairs of the people. This is unfortunately. Um, uh, not well known, and and this discussion that we're having, inshallah, kind of brings that to the limelight. Um, and to go to the first part of the question, which is, um, you know, what are the qualities or the conditions? Um, you know, in in, in uh, to really understand this, our framework has to be from a purely Islamic perspective. Okay, so Allah Azza wa Jal in uh, in Surah An-Nisa he says, "Baadaazubillahi min shaitanir rajim." Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. He says, "Ya yuhu al-ladina amanu atiyullaha wa atiyur Rasula wa uli al-amri minkum. Fa'in tanazatum fi shayin farudduhu ilallahi wa Rasuli in kuntum tu'minuna billahi wal yom al-akhir. Thalika khairun wa ahsanu ta'wila." The translation of this ayah, Allah Azza wa Jal says, "O you who believe." Obey Allah and obey the Messenger Rasulullah and those of uh, among you who are in authority or who have been appointed in authority from amongst you. And if you disagree over anything, refer it back to Allah and His Messenger. If you should believe in Allah and the Last Day, and the ayah then ends is that this is the best way, and that this will and this will determine the best results. So that framework is set for us, is that the, the leadership, the rulers are only obeyed 
if they obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Rasul sallallahu meaning that they need to implement the rule of Islam, right? That is the number one condition, is that the rulers need to implement the hukum shari'ah. They need to implement the shara. Their their leadership over the ummah is based on that particular contract that you will rule over us if you implement the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? And the requirements for you to be a ruler is that you have to be a Muslim, of course. You have to be a male. You have to have a sane mind. You have to be mature. Uh, you have to have. Uh, you have to be free. And then finally, you have to be just. That there is uh, that you will be just uh, with your ruling over the Muslims. You talked a lot about the qualities that a ruler should have, but are those qualities enough? What about good governance, which is often arguably associated with the West? What about the system itself? I think a point needs to be addressed here about uh, this issue of good governance. Um, you know, good governance is not the sole monopoly of democracy or, or Western governments, for that, for that matter. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that if you need good governance, you need to implement democracy or you need to shape your system just like Western governments. Um, this is a problematic uh, assumption. You know, it assumes that nobody else or no other system can provide a better uh, structure or a better system by which to govern human beings. And from a uh, aqidah perspective, from a um, first principles perspective, our system of Islam is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is inherently devoid of any uh, biases that a man-made system can have. Secondly, uh, the Islamic system, the Khilafah, you know, it's a complete system. You know, it's not just one person ruling uh, a whole swath of land and a whole millions of people under, under his rule. It's an actual pr- system where you have different departments that deal with different issues related to uh, governing uh, and administration of uh, people and the lands. Um, you know, you have a independent judiciary that maintains the rule of, uh, that maintains uh, the rule of law, right? So that the Khalifa, for example, does not abuse his power. There's a specific court that deals with that called Mahmat al-Madhalim. You know, and then you have uh, Baytul Mal that deals with the uh, the budget, the expenditures that are needed, um, the funds that are need to be allocated to uh, to uh, the areas of need, and so forth. Um, you know, we can go into details about what the system looks like and how it functions, what are the administrative departments, and and so forth. the The, the issue is not just <clears throat> the issue is that we as Muslims, unfortunately, uh, sometimes do not realize that um, Islam has given us a complete governing system, a ruling system that implements the hukum shari uh, uh, and, and applies the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the person to do that is the, the khalifa, the head of the state. Uh, but underneath him, there is multiple people that are running um, uh, the government. Uh, the biggest difference is that the hukum shari, the law, is divine. It's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that a, uh, a person, a human being, 
is implementing. And that human being uh, can obviously uh, falter, make mistakes, and so on. And, the, and there is corrective measures to make sure that uh, no abuse can happen. Uh, or if it does happen, it is uh, properly evaluated and dealt with uh, through a judicial process. And finally, the most important point that we must understand is that the Islamic system of ruling and, and governance, uh, that is the Khilafah, is absolutely unique. It is unlike the secular democratic system or socialism for that matter. You know, our system is from a divine source, which is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And above all, it's it is administered by the Khalifa, who is the head of state that is driven exclusively by the taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakallah khair, Brother Rafi, for providing some great insight from Islam about the qualities of rulers, the importance of the divine system and its implementation of the system to take care of the affairs of the people. Jazakallah khair for having me over for this discussion. And inshallah, I look forward to coming back and discuss other topics as well. Uh, Jazakallah khair to our listeners for tuning in. We remind our listeners to please support us by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your families and friends. Until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.